Welcome to the Bucket Problem, episode 68. If you're looking for good signs, think about the next episode number and what happens between now and then. Uh, yeah, we are presented by Homefield Apparel and PointsBet. We're a proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we are at a Meet at Midfield production. Please uh, join us up at midfield. Meet at midfield.com this week. Uh, promo code DGAME gets you 25% off. We are doing a bunch of content, doing some crossover stuff. We've got Michigan and Ohio State people on there. We've got Patrick, who hates everybody and is going to you know, break down things from a very objective, I hate everybody scheme perspective. You've got me and Taylor writing Michigan stuff. Taylor is on this podcast right now. We've got Dan and Ryan uh, recording a, uh, a bonus premium episode podcast after this for I don't even know which feed yet, but it's going on one of them, and it's going to be at meetamidfield.com. And if there was ever a week to join us, I would say it's this one. And I'm even going to tease that uh, I cannot reveal what we're actually doing, but if you sign up for meetamidfield.com, there is some pretty good home field perks that are going to be dropping this week some way, somehow. So... Um, yeah, if you, if you want the audio recording of me and Ryan uh killing each other in real life, um, you're gonna need to sign up for mid- midfield.com. Yes, yeah, no, you you want you want to hear the audio version of uh two monkeys uh throwing shit at each other, um, <laughs> but uh in a partisan way, um, it's gonna be great. Not, I'm, I'm genuinely so looking yeah. forward well, to it. Well, I mean, like podcast. one, one, like, large, one monkey and one just like. Pretty cool, chill guy, totally normal. Yes, um, no, that's that's true. That's making uh, a lot of really good points and obviously winning the argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to admit, Ryan, Ryan does no ball. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I was waiting. God, <laughs> that's, that, that can't, this can't be happening. We have to be presenting a united front. No, that's true. That's, that's, that's true. We yeah. cannot be taking shots at each other. Uh, we fully so support funny. Dan. Everything he says on the podcast that he records after this is going to be 100%. And anything that I've ever said, I think you all co-sign. I think I, I do. And Dan, I just want to say, like, I try not to be hard on um, those meet at midfield boys, but I could not possibly be more on your side in all of this. Uh, <laughs> as long as you're a huge Michigan homer, that's all that I ask. It's super funny that, like, the podcast, that the, the website, like, is, like, getting super chill. Like, we started this whole thing as, like, a, oh, like, you know, it's celebrating rivalry and, like, it's going to be awesome. It's like, it's like a celebration of the game and like what makes college ball great. And that's like, by the end of it, it's like, I cannot fucking stand these guys. Like, <laughs> we're just going to fucking yell at each other. Yeah, and tear each like, other we're just actually <laughs> fighting. We've just actually been fighting for the past like three months. <laughs> this is not a bit. We are mad. He's right that we are mad on the internet. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, we, we are trying to keep this uh, uh, pacey because Dan is in fact uh, recording that uh, double podcast night. Um, and that's uh, that's a lot. Also, we're ignoring what just happened. We're uh, Illinois. Who do they matter? Are they playing in the title game? No. So fuck them. Um, and uh, we did anybody watch that game? Sure. But did we did we actually care other than the outcome? Um, no, I just want to record that I sit outside in like I sit outside in like nine nine degree wind chill weather for seven hours to witness that. So I want some affirmation of that. You guys don't have to say anything, but just like, you know, a moment of silence for me. Connor, I'm so sorry. And we we honor your sacrifice um, by not talking about that game at all. Um, Michigan did win. Uh, we will cover the important takeaways from that game uh, in the context of previewing the game because... Um, well, let's just get into big boots because we're we're gonna try to hit these uh pretty quick. Um 
And mine is relatively relevant to this, which is um, nothing else matters right now except that Michigan is 11-0 and heading into the game, and so is Ohio State. And there is some injury stuff that we are just not going to know until kickoff. So um, I am going to be a bit of a mess this week, but I'm also going to try and enjoy it because the last time this rivalry produced back-to-back games of this magnitude was 1974-75. to Um consecutive top five matchups um incidentally ohio state won both those games so uh based on the trend of how things are going in this little little duo i like our chances um all right uh taylor for the complete opposite big mood i'm throwing it over to you (laughs) yeah hi uh so i just i i want to uh just be be critical here uh there are pros and cons to like kind of how national college football is going and like how the league is expanding and changing and growing and all that good stuff. Um, one thing I would like that I think is a positive that that, that uh, college football could take from the NFL model that they're kind of trending towards is like standardized injury reports. I can't keep living like this, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Just tell me who's playing. Nope. Tell me who's not playing. Absolutely I know not. you said if they can't practice this week, they're not going to play. Just tell me who's playing. I can't deal with the anxiety. I'm already die. very anxious as a person. I can't do this. He's never going to do That's it. all. Jim Harbaugh would list every single player on the team as questionable. <laughs> like, unless they're there's a little some bit sort of, like, enforcement of, like, what you do on the on the, uh, on the the injury report and how accurate it is. Like, it would be literally every player, and in parentheses, it'd just be going through something dash questionable. <laughs> and that would be Michigan's injury report every week. Uh, they'd never have to change it. It'd be, it'd really be something. Uh, yeah, we, we, I think, I think to be fair, like, you know, the listeners don't know who's going to be on the podcast so on a, on a week to week basis. So, like, we're we'd have to put out our own injury report if we That's wanted true. to. Uh... <laughs> you you don't Alex... want to read ours. Ours are ours are bummers. <laughs> Alex is the Nakai Hill Green of this podcast. <laughs> we're not sure what's going on there. We 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 really don't know, Alex. We we, we, but we have not ruled him out. Yes. We we have seen him in group chats. We 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 know he's in the locker room. We're just uh we're just not sure when he's gonna when he's gonna take a take his spot on the field. Uh, we're, we're we're trying to get him a red shirt. Yes, yes. We're we are looking into eligibility options here. All right, Dan, uh, have at it. Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I don't have much to say. That's you know, it's 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 surreal that this is happening. I'm gonna be a nervous wreck. This is the biggest game Michigan's played in uh my lifetime i guess I don't know. <laughs> okay I'm, never mind <laughs> well no i mean like this is the this is the biggest game they played in well i guess technically in my like memory um i, mean, no, I, remember I mean, 2006 I mean, the bucket but, problem canon says you were born in 2012 so this right, is totally yes. accurate <laughs> of course yeah no I, I i barely remember 2006 um were both teams 11 and 0 in 2006 they were right yes yes it was okay. it was really football armageddon <laughs> gotcha so yeah, no, it's happening again. Um, it's going to be insane. Uh, it's there's it. You know, we've never had a season just like totally reduced to a single game like this. Um, and it's been pretty like open and 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 just so transparent all year. Pretty much since both teams beat Penn State, that it was just a lead up to this. You know, even though honestly both teams almost lost this weekend, <laughs> um, it, it it still felt like I'm just like I almost like wasn't as nervous as I should have been watching the Illinois game. So I'm like. 
they're not gonna lose this. It's just like it wouldn't make sense for them to lose. It, this it didn't compute in the end. Yeah, <laughs> and I would have, and I think honestly, I'd be over it if they had because I just like it was just, anyway. Whatever, we were not talking about the only game, but it it just it, the the lead up has been there all season, and everyone's been talking about how it's been a collision course, and it has been, and it's I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I I just feel like it's going to live up to it. Um, and it's there's truly no way that. Michigan could lose this game and not like completely crush me emotionally. So um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. Let's just have potentially the worst Saturday of my entire life, I guess. <laughs> oh, we love it. That's, that's, that's what we want. This is, this is what the game does to us. This is, this is why we show up every week. Uh, Connor, what's your big move? Beat Ohio. Short and sweet. All right, let's do this. Uh, the offense going against Ohio state. Um I started with this one because I think we're feeling a little bit, well, I don't know which which side of the ball we comparatively feel better about. That's kind of the problem when you go up against a very elite team. But uh, uh, the offense versus Ohio State, Michigan has obviously uh, um, been conservative this year <laughs> in both the uh, deployment of players and uh, who, like personnel usage and a whole bunch of things. Uh, and... I think it's going to be t- like a whole lot of what I am going to say in here and might write about this week is that Michigan has made it as difficult as possible for us to really be able to get a read on what's going to happen in this game. Um, and that really starts with the quarterback position. Uh, I, I would say it's fair to say JJ McCarthy has not met uh, some of our rather lofty preseason expectations for him. And there have been, uh, a number of plays that have been a little concerning in the context of this game. Um, we've also seen Michigan basically write him out of game scripts in, in multiple game plans and uh, not take advantage of his legs in the running game because they don't need to. And I, I mean, to me, he's, he's a huge, he's the biggest wild card in this game and that could very much go in either direction. It, I mean, I think the focus is largely on the downside, but I, I still see plenty of the upside. Um, so uh, I just, uh, it's tough because it's going to come down to a handful of throws and it's its not necessarily fair to be judged on a handful of throws, but that is absolutely what the season is going to come down to for J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a ton to say that's insightful here um, beyond my my big uh, offensive insight for Michigan football is that JJ McCarthy should look at Colston Loveland because that guy appears to always be open despite being a true freshman. So I would look at him more and throw the ball at him. Yeah. Uh, I just, JJ McCarthy has not been playing well um, basically since the bye week uh, He's some of it's been on the wide receivers. Um, I think the wide receivers have also not been playing well. Um, and which is, you know, that's why the passing game has been so atrocious is that, the wide receivers and quarterback are not playing well. And when neither of those groups <laughs> plays well, it's, it's a, you're going to have a bad time. Um, he's just not seeing the field. Well, he's not, he he's missing. He's his accuracy is really good. But then all of a sudden, like we'll just, he will just biff a, a totally easy, uh, you know, a layup. Um, and he's, I don't know if, if Michigan, if Michigan wants to have a chance to win this game without like running the ball at seven yards a clip, which I don't really think they're going to do, he's going to need to play probably his best game of the season um, or at least the second half of the season. Um, 
And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, he's, he's, it's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be probably the most, certainly the most athletic defense that he's played all year. And um, I'm, I'm super nervous about it. Like, I just, I just think he's been playing, I, I, you know, he's still young. I'm not like writing him off as like a player, but he's just not been playing well. Um, he's, he's not, he's, he's just has not looked good basically since, uh, uh, since the Michigan State game, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I maintain that we'd feel better about him if, uh, you know, the wide receivers caught like even just a couple of these deep throws that were uh, that were out there for them. But um, the fact that that's what our uh, kind of feelings about the season hinge on, th- those those concerns would still be there. We just, you know, the vibes would be a little bit different. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with Dan's read at all. Um, I've been frustrated with JJ over the last few weeks. I think the upside is very apparent and very much there when he does routinely make plays that have me say no other hardball quarterback could have done that. That happens like every game a couple of times. Right. So, you know, um, he can do it. He has to do it consistently. And I, I have no, nothing to say here beyond I agree with Dan. It's going to come down to a few throws. Yeah. Like, like I'm still up on him as like a, you know, in the long term. like I think if he takes the step forward that, you know, he should from, uh, what is effectively is like, you know, first season starting, second season starting. Like, I think he will be, he's an NFL draftable quarterback. Um, and I think he'll, he'll be really good. Uh, but like, he's, he, suffice to say, like, he is in a slump for sure. So, yeah. Um, although I actually like, I trust McCarthy to be, um, for better or worse, pretty confident in his ability. <laughs> so I don't think the slump will impact him as much as, just the going against a very good defense in what's probably not going to be ideal conditions uh, um, with uh, what we'll get into uh, right now with uh, possibly fewer weapons at his disposal than normal because uh, at running back, Blake Corm took a awkward hit to his knee and it bent in a, it bent pretty straight, uh, which is alarming. Um and he was down on the field and he left uh, against Illinois. Did come back for one second half carry. Um, but his status is up in the air. Uh, Donovan Edwards did not play in this game. And unlike uh, a number of the other uh, injured players, did not even go through warmups. Um, so th- this might be, a, you know, CJ Stokes might play somewhere between a. Uh, you know, a rotational role and being the guy in this game. And while he's, he's popped this season, that would, that would be a huge disappointment given. I mean, Corm has been playing at, at the very least a Heisman finalist level this season. And Donovan Edwards has a skill set that would be very nice to have, particularly against Ohio State's linebackers. Um, so, I mean, this was looking like a position group that we would feel great about and right now we are waiting on injury news and we are not going to get that answer until saturday so it is really tough to say what's going to happen uh at this spot i mean to me this is quite simple like if somehow both of these guys are out that's game over if one of them is out that knocks our win chances down a lot if they're both close to 100 percent, we have you know the 50 50 chance i would give us normally that's I think all there is to say about it, really. Yeah, like they're not going to win this game with CJ Stokes as their lead back. Um, it's just not. I like CJ Stokes, but it's like Blake Corum was a huge part of this running game. Uh, obviously, I mean that's 
almost that's almost a stupid thing to say. It's so obvious. <laughs> but he's Blake Corum was like, you know, this this offensive line's very good. But you know, we saw against Illinois like what it looks like when you just have a normal human running back uh, back there. And I, I personally believe they're both going to play. Um, I just have a feeling about it. I think the fact that Blake came back in the second half and yeah. the fact that we've heard positive rumblings, like it seems like it's a bone bruise. Like, you know, this is the biggest game of like his career. If, if he can go at all, he's going to go. And Donovan Edwards, I also, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's worrying to me that he wasn't warming up, but we haven't heard anything like super negative about him either. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I did see that uh, again, after I, when I was yelling, um, I did note that Harbaugh said, like, if they can practice this week or if they can't practice this week, they will not play. So it's really kind of um, up in the air. Obviously, we won't really know um, if they're practicing, but that's just kind of a note. Um, obviously, Ryan Hayes had his little um, uh, had his little slip up where in a hypothetical question um, about like what they would do if Blake Corum was out. Uh uh, he said, yeah, well, like kind of phrased it as if Blake Corm weren't going to be out. That obviously caused a little bit of hubbub and and made me very nervous. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of in a big limbo zone and we have to wait and see. Um, I think I actually feel confident about Corum, but not as much about Edwards. Um, I am a little bit nervous about that because... Edwards has been while the receivers have kind of been in a slump and we'll talk about them in a second. Edwards has kind of been um, a really important part of the passing game. Um, So, so losing him, the one guy who's kind of been able to run routes and make plays effectively. And even then it hasn't been, you know, stellar or anything like, don't get me wrong. Um, Yeah. It's a pretty, this is a pretty grim part of the podcast. Uh, But I, I feel good about, at least one of one of two of them playing if not uh we're gonna be seeing a lot of cj's jokes and isaiah gash and that'll be fine i mean i i also just want to point out briefly jim harbaugh is completely lying if they can play they'll play yeah he's he's both i mean like practicing in that case will be uh being present at the walkthrough in the hotel Uh, right right you're in a full body cast and require uh painkillers to be shot into every available limb uh, on Saturday morning, uh, we have an, uh, a breaking quote um, from Jim Harbaugh's uh, radio show, which is going on as we record this God. Uh, regarding whether Blake Corm's availability will impact the game plan. Quote, it could and it could not. Both of those Jesus options Christ. would be available. Uh, that is relayed by Alejandro Zunega, who does a fantastic job uh, covering um, Michigan on a very uh, uh breaking newsy basis uh for the michigan insider um so yeah that that's where we're at uh uh michigan's running back could and they could not oh um, god we love it i mean we we, we love living in, in <laughs> schrodinger's game week we, it's it's really lovely uh i i understand taylor's emotional reaction but like if we get to the game and quorum and edwards are not warming up um, that's going to be my cue to crack a Coors Light and just kind of start chilling out. So, you know, I hope it doesn't happen, but um, my emotional reaction will be like, you know, it's it, for me, it's a binary between do I think Michigan has a, has a good chance to win this game versus absolutely no chance to win this game. And, uh, you know, there's something a little bit comforting about that. So, I mean, 
I wouldn't rule out Michigan's chances, even with C.J. Stokes, because, uh, you know, what we saw happen last year was kind of running back irrelevant. <laughs> um, not to take anything away from Hassan Haskins doing some pretty cool things in that game, but other backs would have been able to um, get some pretty good yardage in that game. So Yeah, I don't think that's, like, again, I... Michigan's probably not going to pave them like they did yeah. last year, so... Um, I think I think if, if, if I mean, look, if, if Corum and Edwards were both out, I would be like, all right, Michigan has like a normal team. Like they're just going to have to be worse than Ohio State and win anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they have now like a normal team's chance of beating this team because um, that's pretty much, you know, like that's what makes the offense go. Um, I mean, the offensive line would still be there, but like then all of a sudden you're playing with uh, a bunch of receivers that have kind of sucked recently um, and honestly kind of all year. And uh, a quarterback that has been shaky at best. And uh, yeah, your RB three and four, which would, so. Does anybody you know, want to. Uh, that would be want, bleak. <laughs> anybody want to guess the uh, best running game by yards per carry this year that Ohio State has faced thus far? Uh, I bet it was. Um, oh, was it like uh, Toledo or something? Nope. Notre Dame. Nope. Is it Penn State? It is Penn State. <laughs> All Damn. right. We're back in this, baby. Uh, Taylor nailed it. Uh, Penn State, <laughs> the best running game that Ohio State has faced so far this year. Uh, I'm taking some solace in that. I am feeling uh, a little encouraged by the fact that Ohio State uh, has not played a line that I would call anything above uh, middling to ass. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, and to be clear, like, you should feel good about that because – you know, both Michigan and Ohio State are facing some ain't played nobody charges. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like the the key point for me about this is like if Michigan can run for over five yards of carry like they do almost every time the last two years, like their chances in this game are quite good. And stopping that has to be the top priority. So, yeah, let's not be too doom and gloom here, folks. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, losing I, I... Blake Corm would be, uh, you know, borderline catastrophic. But I can also see a scenario in which we come out of this with like CJ Stokes as a cult hero. Um, I'm not saying it's the odds on favorite thing to happen, but it's, it's not a scenario that I think you can rule out based on who Ohio state, what Ohio state's defense has done this year, because I mean, look, as much as they want to complain about the circumstances uh, and, and uh, you know, um, whether certain people actually watch this game or not, I watched Northwestern push Ohio state around a little bit up front and yeah, it may have been in a, goddamn hurricane but uh i don't think the wind impacts line play that much so uh yeah i'm 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 not ruling out that michigan won't just like i I don't think it will be again to the level of last year but uh i would not be shocked if michigan moves these guys around a little bit up front especially since they haven't played played a run game with remotely the level of complexity that michigan has let alone the ability yeah i expect i expect michigan to be able to run the ball on these guys um i i uh I don't know. It's, 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 it's just like, I, I guess we're talking relative to like what I had, the expectations I had, the expectations I had coming in. Yes. Um, and I, I think honestly lose Edwards was, would almost be like, I feel not that look, if I could get one back for sure, it'd be Corum, but I feel like I almost kind of want like Edwards just as much. Cause he's the only standout pass catcher on this roster right now. Um, and I mean, besides, besides, I guess like, Freshman Holston Loveland. So Luke you know, Schoonmaker is good. Yeah, Schoonmaker, who, who probably we were assuming will play, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's so much of this is tough because I feel like everyone's gonna come back and play. You know what I mean? Like 
it just feels that those are the vibes that it feels like everyone has kind of been held out from like with an abundance of caution and but it's so many people out at this point you know yeah my Jones, shoemaker and it's like these guys have got to come back like they're we would hear if it was truly a season ending injury i mean i don't know well, and Trent, Trent Jones has worked his way back into the lineup a little bit. It's just, well, we'll get to it, but it, it's possible that Carson Barnhart has just straight up passed him. Um, but uh, yeah, it, my sense is that pretty much everybody who suited up for warmups last week is going to play. Um, but also, if you if you went by the numbers, just, just sheer odds on that, um, maybe one of those guys doesn't. And depending on which one of those guys isn't the guy who plays, uh, that that could really swing things. Uh, all right, let's let's do wide receivers. Uh, Ohio State Ooh, does not. These guys stink. <laughs> Ohio State doesn't. It's the way you have... just said that. It was kind of the entire preview. The way you just kind of were like, "Let's get this over with." I feel like kind of summarizes everything we're about to say. Yeah, I mean, and we've we've said it a number of times already. Uh, these guys aren't making plays. They need to make plays. Uh, we have seen. Um, Deep balls go through receivers' hands. We've seen receivers not be on the same page as the quarterback in ways that are um, happening often enough that, uh, you know, since Jim Harbaugh has not been saying J.J. McCarthy has missed a lot of reads um, it, it or missed a ton of throws horribly, it seems like uh, more of a widespread receiver issue. Uh, and they often have just not really gotten open. Um uh, even on sort of scramble drill situations when McCarthy is extending the play. So Ohio state may not have like a couple of first round cornerbacks like they did for a while there. It seemed like they just had a a never ending factory of those, but they did get Cameron Brown back from injury last week. They have been a, a decent good uh, pass defense. And um, obviously Michigan's passing game has been extremely limited. Um, I think the hope here is that Michigan is going to scheme up a lot, uh, scheme up a much wider variety of things in the passing game and what they've done so far. And that should result in some open receivers. Um, But I don't think we're expecting these guys to uh, dominate one-on-one matchups in a way that Ohio state might be trying to do on the other side of the ball. I I'm going to deliver two pieces of good news to uh, the Michigan fan base here. One is that Colston Loveland, as I said earlier, seems to get open every time. So, you know, let's give him a look. Um, The other is uh, to kind of echo what Ace said. The nice thing is I don't think Ohio State has a single defensive back as good as Devin Witherspoon, who was driving me insane last week with how good he is. Um, That guy's a baller. And, you know, I'm fairly optimistic about this game. You know, all those caveats are, are, are given, but... You know, Michigan actually emptying the clip. I think that they have enough talent, you know, to to sound like a drive time sports radio guy to rise to the occasion to step up and make plays. Um, I'm I'm more hopeful than maybe some of you guys are. But yeah, Michigan needs to let these guys run. Like th- that's the one thing they are. Like these guys are all fast. Cornelius Johnson's really fast. Uh, Roman Wilson's really fast. We have a punishing ground game. Run play action and let them run vertical and like deep crossing routes that are easy to read. And where they can just run. Um, I like I, some I, of the flood route rollout stuff that they've been doing with McCarthy too. He's just got to, you know, really he's got to hit it. And and I mean, yeah, <laughs> McCarthy's good rolling out. And like when they do roll him out, when they get him on the move, like it's successful more often than when he's in the pocket. But I'm just, I feel like I see so many times. Like I know it's a West Coast passing game, 
Well, we see these guys just like run stop routes and and hitches so much, and it's like they're just not really. I don't know. They're not good like contested catch uh, receivers, and I don't. I mean, I don't know. Look, I've I, I feel like I'm being super negative so far, and I want to be clear. Like, I think this is like this is the best I've felt going into Ohio State game in ever in my entire like honestly since 2011 I guess, oh yeah we just reverted to being michigan fans instead of fans of a mediocre big 10 program <laughs> right right exactly like it's it's not like i feel better about this game than i feel about last year by a wide margin i thought i didn't i thought we were gonna get smoked last year um and i thought we were gonna get i honestly did not feel good going into 2016 or 20 even 2018 i was like very hesitant i did not feel like that team was as good as uh uh you know as good as like being favored in Columbus. Um, it was pretty clear that like that team had some weaknesses. I feel a lot better about this team than any of those teams. Um, I'm just like talking within the realm of like, is it good enough to beat Ohio state? And I've been super disappointed in the receivers this year. Like they just don't make plays. They don't. Uh, I mean, Andrew Anthony dropped like just an easy touchdown on, uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday. And he's been, he has not made one. Like he was so good on contested catches last year. And he's not made like what seems like any plays this year. Roman Wilson dropped another one that was, I mean, you know, he had to jump for it, but it should have been really easy. Um, I mean, Ronnie Bell is, is Ronnie Bell, but he's not like, he should be a really good wide receiver too. Um, He's, he's pretty good, you know? And it's just like, they, they, they gotta be better. They gotta be better. Um, They, they have to get open. And if they can't get open, they at least need to like, I don't know, just run them downfield and let JJ like, try to hit one of these deep balls that he seems to be unable to hit. Um, I don't know. It's it. I don't expect them to like really Ohio state's defensive backs are nothing special. Um, they, they, they got torched by Maryland pretty much all game and Michigan has the speed and the talent to get open against these guys. But like, it's a roll of the dice of like, okay, can you get open? Can you throw a catchable ball? And then can you catch the catchable ball? And those things all feel like 50, 50 coin flips at this point. It's just like this, this, this passing game has been really bad the past couple of weeks and it's going to have to play its best game of the second half of the year. Um, or, you know, or its best game of the season, really. If, if Michigan wants to like, again, have, I think Michigan can win this game. Um, if, if the passing game isn't clicking, but only if they get into the exact type of game that they want to get into. And there is no guarantee that they can get into the exact type of game they want to get into. So if Michigan wants to really compete regardless of game state, it's it's just they're just gonna have to play their best game of the year. I, I think like it's I can't tell whether it's good or bad news. This is basically the same group of guys as last year. Um except like Dalen Baldwin is gone. Um because I mean these guys were able to make some plays last year. Um in and Michigan was able to beat Ohio State with this group of pass catchers last year, but um oh they did have Eric All available. Um but I, I just uh something's missing so far this year and maybe it's just you know bad feelings based on you know a a weird number of bad plays on a low volume of opportunities but they're running out of time to prove that that's what's going on here uh so yeah i think i think we said about as much as there is to say about this receiving group and uh hopefully they can spring free and prove us wrong on the playmaking front a little bit here on on saturday um on the line things are a little bit uncertain because uh, Trevor Keegan did not play on Saturday. He's been banged up. Um, so we could see Giovanni El Hadi out there. It's also unclear whether 
Carson Barnhart has just straight up passed Trente Jones at right tackle, or if Jones is still working his way towards 100% and would start over Barnhart if he was close enough to that. And then also, if that's the case, would you start Barnhart or Alhadi uh, at guard if Trevor Keegan isn't able to go? There's a, there's a lot of dominoes here, um, or you know, three dominoes uh, here that uh, um, could fall uh, depending on how injuries look. But it seems like the worst case scenario is that Trevor Keegan is out, Trente Jones is not fully healthy, Carson Barnhart starts a right tackle, and Gio Alhadi starts at left guard. Yeah. yeah so. so- Good. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think I I do prefer the scenario where Al Hadi is playing. Um, I I'm remembering a little bit of stuff, um, from Barnhart last year when he kind of like, I I believe he was in at left guard. Uh, I I think against Nebraska, and he wasn't necessarily the greatest at left guard. Obviously, he's improved um, to a point where he's kind of, again, the utility guy. I see that all the time. And then now he seems to have surpassed uh, Jones. Um, Jones played, I did check, he did play one snap last last week against Illinois, um, and then played eight snaps against, um, oh God, who did we play the week before? Was that Rutgers? Oh God, um, Rutgers. So, um, so Jones, it might be like a rehabbing thing, but also he is playing technically. Um, so that is just something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I would prefer, I think, um, the El Hadi route as opposed to um moving Barnhart to left guard because I think he's been doing a really nice job at right tackle at this point. Yeah. So I mean, I think the the most interesting question in this game for me, quite possibly, is how improved is uh, Ohio State's front against the run, especially in the interior? Like, how much better are their defensive tackles than last year? I'm going to assume somewhat better because they just got embarrassed last year. And a team as talented as them that's putting up, you know, good defensive fancy stats, you have to assume they've got something figured out. But, you know, on the flip side of that, any victory for Michigan requires Michigan to move these guys in the run game. We all know that this Michigan team can't beat anybody if they don't do that. I mean, they almost lost to Illinois because they insisted on running uh, much more average running backs into a loaded box. <laughs> so, you know, I think we all know how crucial this is. And I'll be watching from the get-go to see what Ohio State's doing on their interior defensive line. Because if they can hold up significantly better than last year, it's difficult to imagine. Uh, I mean, it's going to be that way harder for Michigan to win. Um, just as a heads up, uh, I believe... Uh very prescient it's like they're listening to the podcast as we record it um i believe uh trenty jones uh sharon moore talked about trenty jones and said that he will he is quote unquote at full strength um i don't know where the tweet went i accidentally refreshed my feed um but it sounds like apparently uh jones is back so okay uh just you know i don't know what's gonna happen well it's fine I think that is good because I think like, I don't know, that's, that's good. It's good to know that they have the depth at least, right? Because El Hadi has been playing left guard, but Trente or Barnhart could move into that left guard spot if they really wanted to. And, you know, if they felt like El Hadi wasn't quite ready, even though I think El Hadi has been good. Um, so I don't know. I also, it's. And you just I, want that I, flexibility if somebody leaves the game because you never right, know what's exactly. going to happen too. Um, and I, I kind of think Keegan's going to play too. Like he feels like another one where, uh, he could have gone if he needed to. I don't know. Like anyone who I didn't see go off like a serious injury, I feel like he's going to play against Ohio State if they yeah. can. Um, but 
anyway, uh, I think I think I think this offensive line will win the battle in the trenches. I don't think Ohio State's defensive line. Um, you know, I think uh, JT Tui Tui Molo out. Okay, gotcha. JT Tui Mo. That you know what? That one's tougher than Tungabayaloa. It really um, is. <laughs> there's a reason they call him t- there's JTT. No, there's, no, <laughs> there's no consonants in there. It's like Tui Molo. Okay, whatever. Tui um, Molo is a tough, uh, tough ask for people who yeah, right. For whiteies. <laughs> yeah, right. For people whose like, all my friends' name were Smith and Johnson. Um, <clears throat> um, but yeah, no. Uh, I think. Uh, I think that um, I think Ohio State. I think he is very good. Um, he's still young, uh, but he's he's going to be a first round pick. Like he's he's an explosive pass rusher. He's really good against the run. Um, I, I think, think I think that, he's significantly better as a as a pass rusher than he is against the run. So just like he's really explosive, he's generally in the right place. Uh, but he's missed almost a quarter of his tackle attempts this year. Like I I, I think, and this is where like having Blake Corum would be really nice. I think Corum could run through him. Uh, I'm not sure about the rest of Michigan's backs, but I think there are scenarios where you can take advantage a little bit of him on the edge. Um, the rest of Ohio State's guys are pretty experienced and large, um, and Zach Harrison yeah. has been very good this year. Um, he's not the like uh, all-world number one overall player that uh, they were kind of hoping he'd be out of high school, but he's very good. Um but, but that's kind of what you have to say about their whole their whole defensive line is like Teron Vincent is solid. They've got a couple other decent options on the interior of the defensive line, but there's there's not somebody who jumps out as like, man, like I don't even know how we begin to block this guy, except maybe JTT against as a pass rusher. Yeah, and I think uh I think you you'll definitely I mean look, JTT against Carson Barnhart in a pass in a pure pass rushing situation is one well. where you're definitely gonna need to chip. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I don't want to see that at all. But uh, I think uh, an interesting part about that as well is that, um, and and you know Ryan will tell you this, and he'll 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 talk your off about it. Is that they love to like rotate not as good guys through and like not give their best players uh, as many snaps they should get. Um, Larry Johnson seems to be like you know really insistent on having uh, kind of a deep bench, um, and I, I don't really think like I think their defensive tackles are good. I don't think they're I, – I honestly don't think they're as good as Illinois. Um, I don't think their defensive front is as good as Illinois, and they do not play a five-man front, which is honestly what gave Michigan a lot of problems. Um, you know, it, Illinois – Illinois' defense was, was, like, specifically designed to stop an offense like Michigan's, um, and they, they could go to their five-man front uh, without worrying about, like, getting out-athleted on the edge because – Michigan is, you know, very content to just beef it up. Um, and Ohio State, like this is a, this is a two, uh, four, two, five. Um, and uh, th- they'll go four, three. Like that's not to say they don't have heavy sets. Like I'm sure that they have stuff practice for Michigan that like they will be able to match personnel. Um, I also think however, Ohio State fans would lose their shit if they threw a third linebacker on the field for good reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think uh, like they're, but they're not, the structure of the defense is not, they're not going to go to a five man front. Like they're, they're, they're not, they, their base defense is not built to handle a running game like Michigan's as well. Now, that's not to say like, oh, Michigan's just going to run through these guys. Like I think it's, it's a good defense. It's a good defensive front. Like Ace said, it's solid across the, the, the board. Um, but Ryan was talking about it as like the best offensive, the best defensive line in the country. And I, I super don't. That's completely I, 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 I don't. there. I really, 
I, I mean, <laughs> and I'm, I don't even feel like I'm being like, uh, I don't think I'm being really like homerish or like anti high State. No, I'm not saying that. Michigan's like, it. I, no, that's, I don't. That's yeah, just wrong. right. Like, I just don't, I don't really think they're like, they're all that. Like, there's part of this Ohio State team that I do think are very much all that. And I, I do not think the defensive front is one of them. I, I can think of like, I mean, I'd rather have Michigan's defensive tackle group than Ohio State's. I'd rather have Morris than Harrison, not not JTT, but I mean, like Harrison. Georgia exists. We really don't need to like Georgia exists. <laughs> yeah, but I, I conversation you know, too much. That's that. I, yeah. I just I'm just noting this because it's like this is where my my thing about like taking recruiting rankings too seriously can be your downfall. That's all I'm going to say about. Yeah, because they do. I mean, like Teron Vincent was a five star. Zach Harrison was a five star uh, and the number one player in the country. JTT, five star, number one player in the country. Like uh, Jack Sawyer, five star. Like they in, in terms of uh, stars on the line, they they, they certainly have them. But um, what they've done with it has not necessarily been what you expect him in that level of talent. Uh, I yeah, think that's I would... totally fair to say. Yeah, it feels like Tui Malo is like a problem and like everyone else is kind of like along for the ride so that's kind of like my main concern when I'm Harrison might the... be a little bit better than that but he's also not somebody yeah. you're gonna right, worry about right. like dipping at eight yards off the edge and just be like being like a a Chase Young style problem yeah yeah Zach, right. I mean Zach Harrison is basically Mike Morris I mean it's yes right it's it more or less, totally fair right? comparison yeah mm-hmm. it, it's Zach Harrison is Mike Morris and JTT is like I don't know it <laughs> I don't. I don't know if JTD is Soup, like souped up what, Chase Winovich. Like <laughs> he's he's like what Rashawn Gary was like supposed to be, you know, at Michigan. Um, Ooh, that's or a, if, yeah. Or if we or maybe if we that's let Rashawn. If we let Rashawn Gary actually pass rush and didn't have him play <laughs> if, you, if you let him play weak side <laughs> end, yeah, uh, yeah, was, yeah you, you, you could do that. Yeah. that. That'd be a I wild a, idea. I bet a lot of people like didn't think that we were going to get uh, a, a Don Brown diss in here, and, and we did. So <laughs> no, we we're going to work it in. We might find a few more. Time to get this land. Speaking of which, we're going to talk about a potentially weak linebacker group that might be exposed to the passing game. So. Uh, as we mentioned, Ohio State <laughs> runs a four-two-five. Um, it's pretty much just Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers uh, at inside linebacker. Eichenberg has played six hundred and thirty-five snaps this season. Steel Chambers has played five hundred sixty-four. The next linebacker on the list is Cody Simon at two hundred and seventeen. And this is a team that has blown out a lot of opponents, so that they have backups who have eaten up uh, a number of snaps from starters, and uh, it just doesn't happen much at linebacker. Um, so. Uh, Eichenberg, uh, Steel Chambers is the guy that Ohio State fans like the most. I think that that is very fair to say. Eichenberg has been the more impactful player this year, especially against the run. Part of that, I think, is due to how they're deployed. Eichenberg is more the the man in the middle of things. Uh, Chambers is asked to uh, cover a little bit more space. But um, I don't know. These guys are solid. And I think they, it, especially if Donovan Edwards is in here, and this is really where like his absence would be felt. Um, you know, Michigan has Schoonmaker and Edwards and Colston Loveland attacking these linebackers over the intermediate area of the passing game, or in Edwards's case, maybe even just taking these guys straight up deep. Um, I think Michigan can can move the ball uh by working the middle of the field a little bit. Um at the same time, I think this is probably a, a better linebacker group than what they had last year. They have been uh, so oh yeah th- this was something that yeah. they, they ohio state fans yes. were apoplectic about this position group last year yeah. they didn't like the tommy Michigan. eichenberg um and uh i mean i think they had good reason to not like tommy eichenberg at this point last year but he has improved yes, a lot that's true um 
And uh, so they are feeling a lot better about this group. I still think this is a group that Michigan can take advantage of, but it's it's probably not going to look like last year where Michigan just had these guys in hell for 60 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think like it, this is this is definitely the group where you can see the most improvement um, that uh, defense coordinator Jim Knowles has, you know, instilled. Like these guys just know where to be, um, and they're they're very confident. Um, I know Tommy Heikenberg looks like you know he's uh, not like a I don't know, a D'Antonio linebacker, we'll say, but he is very athletic. Um, like he makes quick decisions. He's he's fast. Um, Steel Chambers definitely also very athletic. Um, these guys aren't great. I don't think they're like national championship caliber linebackers. Um, you know, like Ohio state has had, I guess they really haven't had great linebackers, um, for, for a while now, but they, they're not, these guys aren't like absolute killers, but they are good. They're definitely solid. Um, I think I'd probably take them over Michigan's group if I had to pick, uh, and yeah, like they're gonna, they're gonna get to, they're, they're not gonna, but just can be in like the total completely wrong gap. Unless Michigan really schemes it up that way, which you know I think they'll do it a happen. couple times, yeah. but it's not gonna. It's it definitely won't be like last year. All right, um, we have rather blown our time management, but <laughs> we have just made it all the way through the offense. Um, th- this is when we're gonna find out just how much Michigan's been holding back this year, uh, because uh, we've seen what we all think is a, a pretty limited uh, um, playbook so far this year. It feels like they've been saving a lot for this game, particularly in terms of letting J.J. McCarthy run, um, just, you know, fully utilizing every wrinkle that they can uh, that they can in the running game is something that they just have not done, even when they played some uh, frighteningly close games. Um, so, I, like, like I let off with this, it's going to be very hard to know heading into this what this matchup is really going to look like because not only is there a lot of injury uncertainty, but there's just a, a serious Michigan ain't played nobody factor to this. And also um, Michigan approaching these games like they're playing nobodies and uh, calling them that way and therefore making it very difficult to to know exactly what this offense actually looks like against a team that Michigan is taking seriously. Yeah, I mean... This will not shock anyone who follows Jim Harbaugh uh, in his entire career closely, but like this game, it's always tempting to think about the high leverage plays, explosive plays on offense, that sort of thing. I mean, the thing I'm looking for is just in the first half, is Michigan consistently getting five, six, seven yards uh, in the run game on standard downs? Like how many first down plays go for five, six, seven yards in the run game? If that's happening at a pretty consistent clip, I think it's going to be really hard for Ohio State or anybody to stop Michigan just because of everything we've seen from this team over the last two years and how you know we, we know what else they can do to you. So that's what I'm looking for um, more than anything else. And you know, I'll, I'll note to build on what A said. Michigan may not have played that many people, but Ohio State has played. I mean, I truly nobody that plays like Michigan, unless you count the ghost of Wisconsin, which I really don't. So, no. yeah, um, we will find out. Uh... Before we talk about whether the defense could slow Ohio State, we are, as always, brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Different promo code this week. Use the promo code Black Friday. And yes, their Black Friday sale is running right now to get 20% off everything on the site. That is homefieldapparel.com. Uh, and you should know they have added to the core collection. They have four colors of joggers. And I think. That's just a public service announcement. They have four colors of joggers, so you should you should go get some. Uh, if you'd like, possibly, an even more intriguing deal, 
Subscribe to meetamidfield.com. Promo code the game on meetamidfield.com, and you will have access to our top secret codes. And those really are top secret codes. So with 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 a real with a real perk that I cannot discuss on this podcast. I'm not joking. This is a real thing. Um, we have an exclusive meet a midfield home field deal. Get in. Download the points bet, bet app and use the promo code bucket prop to get 100% of your deposit matched up to $1,000 in the form of free bets. To get that bonus, you must use the promo code bucket prop. That is bucket P R O B all one word. Please gamble responsibly, set limits, avoid chasing losses, never bet when you can't afford to lose, take breaks when you need it, and use the self-exclusive feature to stop yourself from betting. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, on to the defense against Ohio State. Uh, We're going to try to keep this uh, moving as best we can because Dan has uh, things to do, yelling mostly. Um, Defensive line versus Ohio State. Ohio State has a little bit of... Injury uncertain here, starting starting offensive guard Mac Jones left the Maryland game, uh, was helped off the field, and eventually took a cart to the locker room uh, with uh, what appeared to be a lower leg injury. Um, he has had a lingering foot injury, so it's possible he aggravated that. His replacement uh, was Enoch Vimahi, a redshirt junior who's pretty much only played cleanup duty. Um and the reason I can tell this is that in a Ryan Day offense, he has played 75 run snaps and only 27 pass protection snaps this year. Um, so uh, that'd be a pretty big question mark for Ohio State. And also um, my Ohio State colleagues do not think Matt Jones is the strongest member of that offensive line unit. So it may not be the biggest drop off for them, but it may also be a bit of a weak spot uh, for Michigan's interior line to go at. The other thing to discuss with Ohio State up in the running game is that the running back room has taken an absolute beating recently. Uh, Travion Henderson uh, tried to come back from his injury against Maryland, um, was not playing well, and eventually just ceded his role to freshman Dallin Hayden, who looked all right, but on the season has not been as effective as Henderson or kind of the other starting running back in this game, Mayan Williams. Um who got hurt two weeks ago uh, with what uh, looks like a knee injury, uh, sat up Maryland um, with some quote unquote optimism that he can uh, play versus Michigan. But it seems like, I mean, this is, this is a similar situation to uh, Michigan where the top two running backs are both some level of injured. Um, and it's unclear whether either will be a hundred percent. And it's worth noting this year. Mayan Williams has been much better than Trey Henderson even before Henderson got hurt. Um, and that's largely yeah. been just a testament to Mayan Williams being really good. Um, but he's he's forced 46 missed tackles on 117 carries. Henderson is at 14 on 106 carries. So, um, and what, Henderson's also supposed to be the big play guy, and Mayan Williams has broken a lot more into the open field. So, um, even though this wouldn't have been our guest heading into the season, it might be a really big deal if Mayan Williams isn't able to go on Saturday. Yeah, it's been really weird how bad Trevion Henderson has been this year. Um, I thought he was even adjusting for like the fact that he was playing in like a crazy good offense. Uh, I thought he was really good last year. I was impressed. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like it was generally accepted that he was just like one of the top two or three running backs in the country. And every time I turn off, turn on, Ohio, turned on an Ohio State game this year, he's just being outplayed by, uh, not only Mayan Williams, but in this game, you know, Dallin Hayden. I, it's very strange to see a running back. 
um, regress like that. Uh, and I, yeah, I've not been super impressed by him. He's still a good pass catcher, but, uh, you know, seems, seems to have regressed a bit. Um, Dallin they're not Hayden, really I doing thought, that at all. <laughs> they're not throwing yeah. the backs this year. <laughs> yeah. Dallin Hayden, I thought was, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think he's pretty good. He's, he's probably gonna be really good. Like he's, he's, I don't know. He's probably some kind of a high four star and, um, he looked certainly capable. Like, I don't think he'll be a liability. Like I, I'll put it this way. I'd certainly be more confident in him than like, uh, you know, Isaiah Gash and CJ Stokes. <laughs> um, I, I, and I liked, I liked Stokes, but I, I think Dallin Hayden was, looked pretty talented in, in the carries he got he the other day. Not going to stand for this Isaiah Gash slander on this podcast. Um, but I, I think my thing here about OSU's running game is Michigan just played what I consider to be a better running offense. I mean, Chase Brown to me is the best running back in the Big Ten, not named Blake Corum. Um, I'm also going to rip on Dan a little bit and say that uh, Travion Henderson not being a Heisman candidate is not surprising to those of us that knew that Blake Corum was better all along. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you know, Illinois is they're a better running rushing attack, and Michigan, aside from that one really embarrassing 37 yard just gallop into the end zone by Chase Brown. I would say acquitted themselves decently against a team that really did just want to pound the ball uh, as much as possible. And so I continue, despite despite a team finally being able to run the ball in Michigan, which hadn't happened all year at all, I continue to feel very, very good about the way this line plays matches up against the run. And if Ohio State beats Michigan by running the ball really well, I'll just have to tip my cap and say they were better than I thought they were. Yeah, yeah and I think, uh, I, I think that what, like, Ohio State's is similar to how uh, Ohio State's defense is not built to take advantage of Michigan the same way that Illinois is. Um, Illinois' uh, rushing attack is just it like Ohio State's offense is just not built to go multiple tight ends and like run power gap schemes. Yeah, this uh, isn't and, what they and, want and to get do. Doubles, <laughs> yeah, get doubles on Michigan's uh, defensive linemen. It's it's just they will not do that. I I don't. I mean, like, I do. I think that they could if they spent like two weeks prepping a new game plan. <laughs> yes, but it's just that—that's just not something they want to do, or are even like is even in the playbook. Um, that's that's. I I don't believe they'll do that. This is a this is a zone running team. They have some power schemes, um, but they're going to try to run zone. They're going to try to outflank you. Um, they're going to use you know they're very athletic uh, offensive linemen to try to do that. And I think Michigan um, will be well drilled enough and. Similar to last year, we'll we'll be able to win the uh, the running game. You know, um, it's it's it, it, if Ohio State beat Mich- beats Michigan, which they very well could, uh, it'll be because they're, in my opinion at least, because they're you know uh, passing, and because I don't think Michigan's pass rush is going to get home enough. Oh yeah, if Ohio State outrushes Michigan, we can all just turn the game off and go home. Um, <laughs> that's that that's yeah. that that'll be that game state. Uh, it'd be very bad. Um, all right, the linebacker position for Michigan. Um, hard to feel great about them. <laughs> uh, they they played a few good games this year. Uh, last week wasn't necessarily one of them, although we saw more rotation at the linebacker level than I think we'll see against Ohio State. Um, but one thing that's a little alarming, uh, especially given Michigan's weaknesses that they've shown this year, is that um, usually Ohio State recruits a five-star tight end and then just ask them to block for three or four years, and then they go in like the fourth round of the NFL draft. Uh, this time they actually decided to start throwing to that guy. Uh, it's Cade Stover, and he's really good, and that's not ideal. Um, so he's basically 
he's their third most targeted receiver um and has really earned that and it, i you know i assume michael barrett is going to get that that assignment a lot of the time and that's going to be that's going to be a tough one um mostly what i'm looking for here is junior colson and michael barrett playing every single snap because this is a terrible matchup uh for Kalel mullings and jimmy rolder to play more than is absolutely necessary yeah and i think yeah. uh we saw Junior Carlson come off uh, late in the game, right? Didn't we? Like, I think I think he was hurt. I'm um, doing the "I pretend I did not see it" meme right now. Um, but uh, yeah, gonna, gonna have to gonna have to have him. Gonna have to have him back. Yeah, that'd be that. That would be a pretty massive absence. Yeah, I absolutely hate that uh, Ohio State uses their tight ends now. That I, that's something that I just kind of wish they wouldn't have figured out. I wish someone hadn't told Ryan Day and his Mickey Mouse offense that, like, oh, hey, like, did you know you can use this guy, too? And he figured it out. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ryan Day was, like, sitting in the uh, football building, like, late at night in his like, penthouse office watching <laughs> He's Michigan like, what film. can I do? Watching Michigan film, and he was like, "Oh my god, I can throw to that guy." He's like, <laughs> um, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I mean, I assume what actually happened is someone with a USB stick just walked up and stuck it in the back of his neck, and on the USB stick it said "TE Update," and uh, that's that's how Ryan Day learned how to utilize the tight end in the passing game. Yeah, we've made it to the tight end portion of Ryan Day's quest line, um, <laughs> but I, I also want to note, like. I, I agree that the linebackers didn't play as well last game, but they had been on a good trajectory and I'm I'm putting them in the category until further notice of like Michigan clearly decided that they were willing to risk losing the Illinois game. We should note this. Oh they yeah, were totally. We're willing to. <laughs> if, if they could keep guys healthy. And I think the linebacking yeah. might've just been part of that. Yeah. I'm hoping so because that was brutal. That was really, really difficult to watch after um, some consistent stepping up. Um, Mullings, also, I do believe came off of an injury to not play. Gonna, not going to matter if Khalil Mullins is playing. Right. We're in bad shape. Yeah. No. 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 Oh God. No. Oh God. No. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like it explains why he didn't look great during Illinois. But I do not want to see him out there for a snap of Ohio State. No. All due respect. Um. But yeah. Uh. I, I'm just hoping that 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 trajectory doesn't go away. Like I can't be mad about it, but I'm I'm really a little nervous. Yeah. I mean. Uh... Yeah, we're gonna feel nervous about the linebackers until uh, until morale until we're improves. not. <laughs> I mean, uh, the good honestly, like I will say, I don't think this is like a super big test for the linebackers. This offense is not built to try and take advantage of linebackers. We saw this last year with with Michigan's linebackers; like they didn't really try to take advantage of uh, of Josh Ross, who was undoubtedly the weak point in the defense last year. Um, they 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 run zone they run they have a pretty simple run game um and they try to you know like out out athletic you which they definitely can and they pass to their wide receivers for the most part like i know they passed the tight end i know kate we just got done talking about kate stover but they still want to pass their wide receivers um so it's not like there are worse teams to play as a linebacker i will say oh absolutely um and that's a good way to transition into discussing uh, kind of the secondary and how they match up with Ohio State and also Ohio State's general uh, passing game distribution here because it is, it is as Dan said, very wide receiver heavy. Um, first thing to note, Jackson Smith to Jigba, who kind of we all expected to be the best player in the Big Ten this year, um, and that includes C.J. Stroud, um, 
hasn't played in over a month, has only appeared in three games this year. The general quotes about him have not been very promising about his chances of being healthy for this game or even appearing uh, before a potential playoff appearance or a bowl season appearance for Ohio State. I assume you just skip a regular bowl game. Um, but uh, um, it's hard to imagine that with him being out over a month heading into this game that he would be close to 100%. Um, obviously, if he is anywhere close to 100%, that dramatically changes the outlook of this game. Um, and it'd be bad. It'd be bad for Michigan if, if, he, if he was on the field. Um, but... Um, the annoying. It doesn't seem like he will. It's it it's, doesn't. Seem the like vibes seem the vibes seem like he's just not coming back. It it doesn't feel. And he's tried a couple times and looked like visibly you know hobbled. It's yeah. This no, is he, his three games where, like, played were not consecutive. <laughs> All non consecutive, no. and that that's a bad sign when you're dealing with a soft tissue injury, uh, which he's right. And, and again, I know this like this is funny coming from a guy who's like just sort of assuming that every Michigan player is going to come back for this game, but like. I, I think it's different when you've just missed like the entire season. Oh, like this would be like if Nakai Hill Green came back and I'd just yeah. be like, yeah, it's probably not a great sign he's coming back because that means they feel like they need him and he's not going to be a hundred percent, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then also in terms of comparing vibes around our guys versus their guys, you have to consider that we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's so that's true. Very exactly. Important. Like, and, on our and side like oh. right. So it's like, it's like his injuries are really worrying and our injuries are actually like, pretty clearly like not very serious so uh yeah no i think i think that makes perfect sense there's there's uh yeah, that's, that, that's that's a good point connor it, it's always important to remember that, that we we are the protagonists in life and uh that's just how it is um, yeah dude i mean uh it. james the james earl jones video should be taken literally in every yes. every word that he says yes. um i you know i'm just gonna be a, a make the very boring point here that you know, assuming JSN doesn't come back, if he's back, that makes things a lot tougher. And you hope to hope Mike Sanders still has a heroic game. But otherwise, I say just focus on Harrison, bracket him as much as possible. Um, you know, basically have Rod Moore following him around in addition to a cornerback. And See, I'm not quite there. Okay, well, let me just my, my point oh, yeah. is this. No, I'll, I'll, I'll let you roll. My, my point is this, which is that I've watched Stroud a lot of times this this year and he will try to force the ball to Harrison kind of no matter what it looks like. So, you know, I say dare Ohio state to do that. um, And hopefully, you know, maybe bait them into an INT or some good PBUs off of it. But ACE has some counterpoints. Yeah. I I mean, my thing with Harrison is that, so for one thing, Ohio state might still have the best wide receiver in the country in Marvin Harrison jr. And that, uh, that sucks. Um, We don't like that. Um, But Harrison is, a really tremendous route runner and a really good contested catch guy. And for me, I just don't know how much like giving a bunch of extra attention with a second defensive back is going to help limit those things, especially if they're taking shots to him down the sideline. And the thing that I think would actually really be backbreaking to Michigan is if Abeka Ibuka gets loose after the catch. And that is a tough matchup for Mike Sainer still and the safeties. I, I think you want, I think we're going to see a fair amount of cover two type stuff from Michigan in this game because you're just wanting, going to want to have a safety over the top of Harrison and you're going to want to have a safety helping out with anything that happens underneath with these guys who can run after the catch. Because um, Harrison and Fleming are both, I mean, Harrison's excellent, but he's not the like, he's not a guy that you look at and go, oh, like that's one of the fastest dudes I've seen in college football. Um, whereas Ibuka like might be one of those dudes. Uh, but he's their slot guy, and Julian Fleming, the other starting outside receiver, is, uh, despite his 
uh, recruiting accolades. Nothing too special right now. Um, so yeah, I'd be like Michigan's second best receiver, probably. Yeah, there's but, also that. <laughs> but but, um, but he's but but I mean that in like he's he's just okay. Like, yeah, he's just okay. Um, but uh, I like I think I'd rather see Michigan trust that like they're going like first of all Michigan's going to give up some yardage to Marvin Harrison. That's just going to happen. Um, and. I think if you're able to shut off the other valves for Ohio State, that's actually when you can get CJ Stroud to to make an error, um, trying to force something. Uh, and yeah, I, I I think I'd almost rather like if if Marvin Harrison goes off for 250 yards and three touchdowns, whatever, then you go well they had the best player on the field. But if you get beat because Emeka Buka had 150 yards and two touchdowns and like 85 of those yards came after the catch, then I think you you reevaluate how you came into that game. Uh, in terms of scheme. And I, I, I think I'd rather, I think both it's more likely Michigan will be able to shut off the other guys than shut off Marvin Harrison. And that might just be a better way to approach it. But I, I, I mean, I, at the same time, just bracketing him and seeing if Ohio State can can throw it. There's a huge drop off after Fleming in terms of who they target. Um, it goes, Kate, it, it, Marvin Harrison has 99 targets this year. Igbuka has 82. Kate Stover has 41. Julian Fleming has 39. And then there's a cliff, and then there's a Xavier Johnson at, with 10 targets. He's a backup receiver. Um, their running backs and fullbacks have combined for 18 targets all year. Uh, I do imagine that Ohio State will, like they had a long tu- a long pat, like screen pass to um, Henderson la- in the game last year. We're going to see them break tendency a little bit. That's what the whole season leading up to this game is for, is to establish tendencies and then break them. But... Um, while this is a difficult, an extremely difficult challenge, it might be relatively straightforward in that, like, you know what you have to do, and the hard part is just doing it. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, in order to win this game, we're going to end up trusting. We're going to, there's no scenario where you don't have to trust uh, your DBs one on one against really good receivers a lot of the time. Not every time, but a lot of the time. Um, you know, I, I will say that I think that at this point, um, Michigan's, Corners and nickels in particular are maybe even a little bit underrated, underrated, which is weird to say, but it's because like they give up, you know, one long bomb a game and it's like, oh, they suck at that. But it's like, yeah, that's like pretty much all they've given up against anybody else. And in this game, they will give up more because these guys are just better than anyone else they've played. But I will say Michigan has had some really good performances against really good wide receiver groups this year. So I'm not too terrified, even though I know there's going to be some, you know, horrifyingly effective plays out of these guys. Michigan definitely did better against Maryland than Ohio state did. Uh, we, we, yeah. we can, we can't establish that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's both it's gonna like have to scenario... a mix of coverages. It's, it's going to have to be like last year, you know, yeah. like they, they CJ Stroud threw for like 400 yards. Um, but they got enough like key stops that they were able to control the game. Um, they, they confused him just enough to get pressure um, and I mean, that's, that's the big thing we're going to talk about here in a second. Like Michigan's corners, I think are good. Um, they're not as good as Ohio State's receivers. Ohio State's receivers are going to win more often than they, than they lose. Um, and we're going to have to, they're going to have to get, find a way to get pressure, whether that's organically um, or, you know, by blitzing and, you know, well-timed blitzes and, and disguise coverages that, that make CJ Stroud process just for, you know, a beat longer than he wants to. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into it right now. the The defense on on the whole, um, we have a we have a similar scenario to Ohio State. Michigan hasn't played anybody. 
Um, I mean, Maryland's passing offense, you could say, was a test, but you know the the talent level is significantly higher here um, against Ohio State. Maryland doesn't have Maryland has good receivers. They do not have a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and uh, we haven't seen Michigan have to defend uh, in offense with nearly this level of talent and also this level of ability in both the passing and running games, even if Ohio State's running game is a little limited schematically. Um, So, but, uh, you know, the same thing is uh, in a scenario where Michigan is playing well enough to win this game, this is not about shutting down CJ Stroud or anything. This is about getting timely stops, um, you know, one or two or three of them, uh, where and and maybe have a turnover go your way. Um, Michigan isn't going to hold this team below at probably thirty points, uh, almost no matter how many times you play this game out, and it just becomes a matter of uh, did you stop them at the right time and did you maybe force a swing play? Um, yeah, and, yeah, it's it's going to come down to a handful of snaps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see you know Michigan coming off a week in which they did not get much pressure and and Mike Morris being out was presumably a big part of that, but it was still disappointing, I think, uh, relative to the opponent. Um, can Michigan scheme a pressure? I mean, like a timely, a timely safety blitz that works, you know, or a nickel blitz stuff that we've seen Michigan do, like that could be the kind of thing that swings this game. Um, they can they should have it? more time to get CJ Stroud. Uh, I just, sorry, throwing him one note here i think uh tommy devito had like the fastest time to throw in the big 10 this year so I, I was, that, that I whole was illinois offense that. was designed to just avoid uh any sort of pressure from the defense by just throwing screens or immediate shots down the sideline yeah, yeah. i was i wasn't as, as super super worried with the with the pressure in this game just because like it, it did feel like illinois was immediately getting it's like how michigan's offense so, was anyway, last sorry. year with Cade mcnamara wasn't where it wasn't necessarily right. about like your offensive line being incredible and the quarterback being super evasive. It was just like, we have designed this passing offense to not take sacks and Ohio yeah, State is think, not designed that way. And this is where I'll, I'll do my take that if I'm wrong, you know, I will, I will say on the air that I was wrong, but no, we're actually know, canceling I'm, the podcast. Michigan loses. It's fine. Just get them all out. <laughs> um, just, just to say this, like I've watched CJ Stroud a lot. I feel like I know who he is at this point. And the thing about CJ Stroud is he will absolutely destroy you if he has time to throw. I feel safe saying that. Dude's an assassin with time to throw. If he doesn't have time to throw, it's a completely different story. And he does not throw as well under pressure on the move as a lot of other top-tier quarterbacks. Like, I don't think he's anywhere near as good as like Caleb Williams is at that, for instance. I actually think Talia Tagovailoa is, you know, significantly better at that. Um, <laughs> that's not slandering him. It's just that the key to CJ Stroud is to pressure him. That's it. Yeah, no, we'll see, and uh, we'll see what the weather looks like, too. I'm surprised we didn't throw that in there yet, but, uh, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on the wind, see if there's any uh, uh, snow flurries in the in the forecast. You, you never know what might, uh, what might swing a game of this kind of importance. Um, special teams is, I don't know, Michigan has Jake Moody, uh, and uh, he really came through last week, so let's let's hope that continues. Um, We're not. We're just score touchdowns. Yeah, scoring touchdowns would be good. Please, please finish drives for the love of God. Um, I know very little about. I, I think Ohio State's punter has been pretty good, although he's Ohio State's punter, so that's uh, a pretty chill thing to be doing most of the time. Uh, and Noel Ruggles, their kicker, is twelve of fourteen on the season. Um, he's he's good. Uh, also, not utilized a ton, but good. 
Um, so, I, you know, as always, special teams can produce swing plays, but I'm not really expecting well, – I'm not coming into this thinking one team or the other has a massive special teams edge. If if this game has to turn on special teams, that's probably bad news for Michigan. So I, you know, I hope it's a pretty neutral part of Unless the game. Unless it's coming down to the foot of Jake Moody. Unless it's Jake Moody, whom we yeah. love, and who looks like an old Western gunfighter and has the temperament of one. Or Wario. <laughs> I'm going when, with when, like he, when he wore the, the yeah, the, the thing on his head really made him look like Wario. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's true, but Doc Holliday is cooler. Yeah. So yeah. He looked like uh he looked like a uh, the guy from the game Pikmin. Uh if uh Anyone play Pikmin? Any any Pikmin heads on the podcast? I have no idea what that is, dude. None. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, what no, are you never saying, played... dude? What are you saying? Pikmin? I was I was gonna guess that Taylor of anybody had by far the best chance of knowing what this was, and if she's out, <laughs> then I do Pikmin not feel bad about this right at all. Now. Google Pikmin. It's a it's a video that? game. It was a it's a P I K M I N. It's from uh, it's it, it was it was a game on the GameCube. Uh, back when I was a kid, it, this this was a game. This was, people played this game. This was released in two thousand one, which is before you were born. They did Pikmin two. They I played. They played, I played they, had, they had sequels. There were many of these games. There were many of these games. It was it was, a, it was about a a kindly little astronaut. Um, he was a, he was a little guy, and he would find all these little um aliens with the leaves on their head, and uh, they would and you would the, the goal was to like build the spaceship back. I think. Um, it was very, it was, it was very like a Nintendo game. Um, it was, it was weird, uh, kind of like, um, animal crossing vibes. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, I'm, lo- I'm looking at like a Google image search right Pikmin. now. It's that, that it's the vibe it gives off. I'm also not seeing a single mustache. So Dan, I, I, I'm questioning the Jake Moody yeah. comparison. Yeah, whatever. What? You know what? This is, this is, this is, this is uh, this none of these look remotely like Jake Moody. <laughs> <laughs> the, the astronaut guy. The astronaut looks like Jake Moody. Never. No, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at the astronaut guy. He's got like he's got a round head and a bulbous nose. Okay. All right. Well, how about one of you guys carry the podcast comedically? How about that? How about we do? How about, I already how, said he looks like Wario. <laughs> Ace and I already threw out like references that work. <laughs> That's fine. It's Whatever. incredible. I love. Shout out to the Pikmin heads uh, that are going to come after us and cancel this podcast. Uh, that that we didn't yeah. have I that. Re- do. I hope. I hope. I hope you get docked by a Pik- Pikmin head uh, on on Twitter today. Y'all got to get snappier name. <laughs> yeah, all three of the anyway. Pikmin fans. They're gonna they're gonna come find us. Oh God, that's fine. Whatever. It's enough. Yeah, that that just destroyed the momentum of this podcast. <laughs> no, this is this is perfect. This is a perfect way to go into our predictions for uh, uh, the game of the century of the year. Um, yeah, no, th- this is great. Uh, <laughs> uh, Connor, let's let's start with you. What? How do you see this one playing out? I think this is going to be an extremely tight game. Um, and in a sense, any tight game, like you'll always be able to point to a few high leverage moments. That's what's more dramatic, but. I kind of think what will really decide this game is which team is healthiest and who's most efficient on standard downs, um, boring things like that. And my prediction is a narrow Michigan win, Michigan 35, Ohio 31. I like it. Was that the final score of the 2003 game? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Hmm. I'll look it up while you, while you guys talk. All right, Taylor, what's your prediction? So I also think it's going to be a pretty tight game. Um, I um, will not be repeating a quote about an individual versus a team. Um, 
uh, from a literal criminal who should yeah, remain nameless. No. We don't. Um, but but one guy does not necessarily make or break a team. Um, but I also think that that losing Corum is a really really uh, big deal. I still think he's going to play, but um, some of the offensive pieces that Michigan um, is missing kind of add up, and he's like eighty percent of that for me. Um, so yeah, it's going to test that theory pretty heavily. Um, I think that Michigan covers, but does not win. Um, and then I will pivot my narrative to great teams cover. Um, I made fun of Notre Dame fans who said that earlier in the year against Ohio state, but um, I'm going to say that that was right. Um, I'm going to say Michigan 23, Ohio state 27. All right. Um, Dan, you didn't put anything in the notes. So I'm, this is a mystery prediction here. Um, yeah, oh, okay. so Dan left. No, no, no. I, Dan bailed. No, he yeah, didn't I, like his prediction. I, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think uh, Ohio State has not pulled away from any really good team um, all year, uh, and I don't think they're going to start now. Um, I, I think that I don't know. I, I want to predict a Michigan victory. I don't really feel it. Um, I think that I think Ohio State wins. Uh, gosh, I'll, I'll say I'll say like. I'll say 40 to 30, 32, maybe. Um, yeah, I just – it. I, I think Michigan will play their best game of the year on offense. Um, I, In terms of, like, you know, opponent adjusted or whatever, I just don't know if they're going to get enough pass rush to really, like, get enough stops to win. Um, I, 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 I can see this going either way, though. I do think it's going to be really close. I'm not just saying that for the sake of, like, you know – uh, saying some cliche, I just I do see this one coming down to the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think uh, I mean there are so many injuries on both sides that uh, I think there's a little bit more uncertainty built into this than normal, even with uh, college football predictions. Um, but I feel good about um, Michigan being in a better position than they were last year to win this game, and they won last year, and that's obviously not something that you can just right over and go okay um so they're gonna win this year but i i do like the position that they're in i like the the position that they're in in terms of um having a lot that they're going to be able to break out in this game that we just haven't seen uh or have only seen hints of uh i i think we're gonna see a a, a much more interesting offense than what we've seen so far this year and boy i was i was afraid i was gonna have to be the tiebreaker uh, or the person who either leveled this up as Michigan and Ohio State have both been predicted to win them uh, equally on the bucket problem or if we're not being homers. Um, but uh, a little teaser for some media midfield content. Um, we put out our five betting picks each week. Um, I'm in contention to win. And I have the Michigan money line as one of my picks this week. So I would be lying to you. If I predicted anybody but Michigan to win this game, I do think that if they have quorum and at least the number of guys available that we saw warming up last week, that they have the personnel to pull this off. And after last year, uh, I have pretty significant doubts about Ohio State's ability to consistently stop this offense. And we'll see how it goes. But uh, I, I don't have an exact score prediction written down but if i have to uh just pull one off the top of my head right now i will go with michigan 37 ohio state 35 let's go with the last minute jake moody field goal um anything else before we uh 
pack this on up and uh, let Dan get to his uh, cage match. <laughs> um, I want to report this to you live. Uh, Lane Kiffin allegedly is stepping down from Ole Miss to go to Auburn, but then five minutes later, uh, Lane Kiffin tweeted um, that he's re- a picture of him reading about the Egg Bowl. So I don't really know what's going on. Oh, good. Like it's right. Also, the person who reported <laughs> that uh, he, well, I guess uh, it's a local reporter, but uh, Mississippi State comes before Ole Miss when he lists who he covers, and I'm just uh, that that sends that off a true. little a little bit of an alarm bell to me. Let's go. SEC it, SEC reporting rocks, dude. You can just say whatever. This is a guy with uh, three thousand uh, one hundred eighty-one followers who has I also to be fair a bomb though, on College Sports Internet tonight. To be fair, I looked at his blue check mark. I made sure he wasn't a Twitter blue guy. I made sure I did not get ball sack sports. Oh yeah, no this so, this is an actual reporter. So it's like, a real person. So who the hell? This is like Michigan's injuries. Who the hell knows? We will find out if and when uh, Lane Kiffin either does or does not take the Auburn job, um, which would be. Uh, in my opinion, but... <laughs> extremely funny. Uh, if he did that, I have I have no other takes on that right now, other than that it would be very funny. Uh, I yeah, let's let's get back to talking about the bet the big. Let's get a give a good sign off for like the biggest Michigan game of our collective lives. Um, yes, please. I think I think it's it's appropriate. Um, Guys, can we do? Yeah, can no, we do... I, Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just gonna say that uh, this is all this is all you ever want as a Michigan fan. You know, like this is why you do it. These are the games that. Um, that you live for, that, that make it worth being a fan. Um, it doesn't feel like Michigan had won one of these games in a long time until it happened last year. And I think that, uh, you know, like we talked about in the podcast last year, that that game and beating Ohio State last year made a lot of things feel possible. And it felt like the ceiling came off of this program. And uh, it's nice to go into one of these feeling like it's a possibility that we win. Um, it's it, it's going to be, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. Um, I, I, I just don't, I don't, I can't tell you for sure what's going to happen, but I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an incredible game. Um, and I think that, you know, I hope nobody's the greatest rivalry in all sure the sports is going to happen <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And I think this is the greatest rivalry, rivalry in all of sports. And uh, I, I just really can't wait. So, you know, yeah, let's get after it. Uh, go blue. Beat yeah, it's Ohio. It, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Um, it should be a fantastic game. And I am, I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I, I mean, I know there's the whole nervous wreck aspect of it that uh, that happens, but um, I'm I'm legitimately excited for this game. Playing playing with this level of stakes is really fun, especially when you have a level of belief that your team can actually pull it off. Uh, and um, if they did it in the shoe, that'd be extra sweet. Um, that's all we've got for this week. Follow at Bucket Problem and at Meet at Midfield on Twitter. Sign up for midfield.com with the promo code VGAME to get 25% off your subscription. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this year pre-podcast. Use the promo code uh, Black Friday at homefieldapparel.com to get 20% off everything on the site. And use the promo code, promo code BUCKETPROP on PointsBet to get $1,000 in free bets. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Go Blue. Eat Ohio.